so we're talking about finding truth. Now, that is something that everybody asks me about. And it's, it's not just like people that don't have any idea what they believe. It's, I get asked that from a lot of people that actually know what they believe, but they're struggling with it. And maybe they're questioning it for like the first time. Or maybe there's some new current cultural issues that they're being confronted with. And like, how do I navigate through that through truth? Um, we're, uh, you know, our church is doing a, a learn seminar coming up in November. And we're talking about uh, a subject and, and it's really catered uh, for parents trying to navigate through information uh, and, and, and things that their kids are dealing with at an age that, honestly, I didn't have to deal with it till I was in college. And, and I'm having to have conversations with, you know, my kindergartner about things that I'm like, my dad literally never talked to me about. And, and he's in kindergarten, you know, and he's looking at me like, you know, actually, no, he's in second grade. I take that back. I've... <laughs> I am a really present dad. I love my kids. I'm there. He's in second grade. What happened? COVID, COVID, COVID. Okay. Anyway, he's in second grade. I do have also a kindergartner as well, so it's not a full lie. Um, but anyway, so I'm having conversations with my second grader uh, about, and, and we're going to be doing this learn seminar, equipping parents because parents are being faced with what, how do I navigate through truth uh, in a way that I've never had to before. So what is it? And, and so for you guys, you're dealing with a lot of things that are being confronted, uh, that, are, that you're being faced with, and, and you're like, okay, I, I think I believe this, but how do I know? And, and what we talked about uh, the first week of this series was identifying the biases that we all have when it comes to truth. Okay, now the biases, what we're talking about is uh, the environment that you grew up in, uh, your mom or your dad, uh, or, or maybe where you grew up, like just even in the country, how that forms a lot of truths that you uh, maybe grew up with and you didn't even question them. You, they were just truths that you believed in, that you walked in, um, and, and that, was, that was just normal to you and you never questioned it. Um, and then there's other things that, that I would call um, desired truths. And those are the things that you're wanting to be true. So you're choosing to believe in them because you like them. They align with what you want. So there's also desired truths. And what I challenged you with was to identify those things. Because if you're going to unpack truth, you have to unpack where you're at. Okay. Uh, you have to get to the core of who you are. Um, in like three weeks, I'm going to start our relationship series, which I know you all want. And, and I can tell you right now, week one is going to be about, I, you got to figure out where you're at uh, when you talk about a relationship with other people, okay? Another person, okay? Um, let's, uh, we're not into that, okay? Um, <laughs> you know, it's like a carousel, Steve. You know, but uh, anyway, so... You got to identify where you're at with truth, and you got to know and own that we all have biases. We all have desired truths, right? There's certain people you find yourself wanting to believe. There's somebody else that you find yourself what? Actually, like, uh, you, and it's really funny when they're actually saying the truth, and deep down you know they're telling the truth, but you're like, I don't want to believe you. And you're like fighting it. Where does that come from, right? Where does it come from? 
Uh, so we have these desired truths. And then last week, I really challenged you with identifying your truth sources. And I, said, I say sources because for a lot of us, it's not just one source of truth, right? It's, it's, if it's a relationship, I get this truth from this person or this resource. Uh, if it comes to religion um, or, or relationship with Jesus, I get my uh, truth from this or that. When it comes to um, schooling advice, when it comes to direction of my life, um, motivations, uh, insecurities, I have all of these different uh, groups uh, uh, or people that I reach out to because I believe they're going to give me truth. So last week, I, I challenged you to look at where is your truth coming from? And to look at these main pieces to your life and ask, uh, one, who is it? Like, and, and we don't do this. We don't do this enough. We just fall in line. We start believing something or, or we just trust and, and, and we start walking down this road. And we never go back and we actually look at who we're choosing to believe and how they're actually dictating the decisions of our lives. And so tonight, and I warned you, I wasn't like pulling, I didn't try and trick you. Hey, show up. I don't know what I'm going to talk about. Um, and, and, and I shared with you how tonight I'm going to attempt, attempt uh, to make the claim for God's word being the source of truth for you and for me. And I'm going to be sharing why it's reliable. Now, as I do this, you know, the reason I said attempt is this is probably one of the most challenging topics for me uh, in a setting like this. This is a, a topic, honestly, I'd love to sit down with you and talk for hours about. Uh, I would love to sit down. This is a really good, uh, like, we do school of Bible uh, at our church. This is a great, like, school of Bible topic where everybody's like, all right, let's go really deep because there's so much depth to the reliability of God's word, the Bible, um, that I would love to uncover. What's difficult is in a setting like this, one, I don't want to talk all night because you'll leave. Uh, but then the other thing is I know that you're not all approaching this from the same place. I know that some of you uh, would say you do believe the Bible. Uh, I would say there's probably some of you in this room that you partially believe the Bible, right? You're like, I like this. Not, not such a fan of that, um, but I'll hold on to that. Um, and, or maybe it's a half. <laughs> You're like, I like the old, don't like the new, or I believe the new, the old is weird. Okay? Um, and, and then for some of you, you're just like, man, I, I don't really know where I land, or I, I don't believe it. This is what I've heard. These are things I've heard said. I've heard verses used against people like that. I've heard verses used against me. And so, you guys, when we approach this, that's what's tough in a room like this, is I know that you're approaching it from all these different places. And so, uh, if you're here tonight and you go, well, I just believe it, um, well, I still want you to wrestle with this, because you need something to stand on. Uh, if you are somebody that um, is skeptical, this is good. If you're somebody that doesn't believe, I'm glad you're here. And, 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 and the other thing that I want to highlight is this. Whatever you struggle with in this, let's talk about it, okay? Have a conversation with it. Grab a coffee or that. The worst thing that can happen is for somebody to walk out of a space like this and have these strong thoughts or opinions and not work through them, not make a, uh, not make a choice to actually 
uh, walk through that. Okay, so let's, let's agree to do that. Um, as we talk about the Bible, the Bible claims to be the word of God. Okay, so you got to know that. The Bible does not pull any punches. Okay, so when you open up God's word, uh, I pointed at the iPad. <laughs> that was so bad. Uh, you know, it's not Apple, okay? Um, but when you talk about God's word and we talk about the Bible, now why I'm trying not to go in depth is I literally was going, I was getting into the weeds, the literal weeds of the history of like paper, of papyrus and all this stuff and the reeds and how they created paper and how they wrote on it and like, uh, you know, calf skin and they used that to, I mean, it got, it got weird as I studied um, and, and then scrolls and how they, and, and literally how certain scrolls that they would write in would be up to 144 feet long. That's a long scroll just to find a verse. Can you imagine doing that? I think, I think, I think, oh, there it is, you know, crazy. Uh, but the thing that you need to hear is the Bible claims to be the word of God. Okay, um, in Proverbs 30, verse 5, Proverbs is the book of wisdom. It's in the Old Testament. It says, every word of God proves true. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. Okay, so the Bible, over and over, you're going to hear the word of God, especially in the New Testament. You're going to hear God's word, word of God, responding to the word of God, being led by the word of God. And... Um, what we see also throughout is the word of God is never separated from the claim of exclusive truth. Okay? I read John 14, 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Okay? And so Proverbs 30, verse 5, it says, every word of God proves true. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, and this is what scripture is claiming about itself. All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. Okay, so, so scripture is, is literally, what, what is it describing? It's breathed out by God. God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction. Now, breathe out, or another way to say that would be inspired by God. Now, what scripture also claims is that what? It was men who were inspired by God, inspired by the Holy Spirit, to write the words of God down, and it wasn't their thing. Like, it wasn't like, man, I think this would be great to live on for all eternity, so I'm going to write it down. Like, no, it was men, it talks about being inspired by God. That's why it says all scripture is breathed out by God. It doesn't list a bunch of names of all of these authors. Okay, so, no, and, and here's what we just need to understand when we start unpacking why it's reliable, why it's a source of truth. No book from the ancient world has more manuscript support than the Bible does. While the original manuscripts are not uh, available, why? Because it deteriorates, like, like and, 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 you know, it goes away. The copies of the originals are highly reliable and that, that we possess more earlier and better copied manuscripts than for any other book in the history of the ancient world. 
okay? Um, and when we talk about the New Testament, uh, there's nearly 5,700 New Testament manuscripts, and that's just in the Greek that we possess that contain all or nearly all of the original text, and we can construct the original text from that with over 99% accuracy, okay? Um, the New Testament itself claims to come from eyewitness testimonies, okay? So, so it's not just talking about what? It's not just talking about being inspired like God told me and, and showed me. What? It's also saying what? These are people that saw this happen, okay? Uh, listen to this, uh, these verses. In Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, he says this, Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, just as those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught." What is he doing? He's reassuring that this is truth that you can, that you can place your hope, your trust, and your life upon. And, and he goes, listen, I have studied, I have walked through it, and, and, and these are also eyewitness accounts, okay? Um, in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, it says, for we did not follow cleverly devised myths when we made known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Okay, so, so you will hear people talk about the Bible, maybe this is you, uh, and they'll say it's myths, it's not true. Uh, it's things that people made up, they desired to make that up, like, like, you know, like somebody's fishing story. Dude, I caught like a shark. You're like, no, you didn't. Okay, you didn't. Like, no, I swear, it, it must have been a shark. Did you reel it in? Well, no, but it had the power of a shark. Okay, right? Like, like you've heard all these stories from people, right? And, and what? They weren't true a lot of times. And so when you read the Bible sometimes, especially because what's highlighted often in the Bible is what? Like Noah's Ark, David and Goliath, um, you know, like, like very incredible stories, right? And, and because we always just highlight these incredible stories, because they are incredible, a, a lot of people go, I can't believe that, or I don't think that could happen. And so, yes, I think that's a really good story. Other than in Noah's Ark, everybody died, um, except his family, um, you know. Um, other than that, I think, you know, overall it's good. It means well. It's positive reinforcement. I'm glad you found that, right? And, and, and so what it's saying is, it's saying, I'm not that. Don't label me as that. You can't label God's word as that. It's literally saying, this is, <laughs> this is one of the writers, we did not follow cleverly devised myths, Okay, so if someone says that to you or you say that to me, I'm going to take you to that verse and go, well, it disagrees with you. He disagrees with you. He's saying, I didn't do that. 
And you're saying he did. And, and, and he's literally uh, speaking to the reality that he was an eyewitness to that. Okay, that's, that's a pretty big deal. So uh, when we continue to look at this, even though the Bible was composed by many people of diverse backgrounds and in different periods, it manifests astounding evidence that there is one mind behind it. Okay, so just think about this. This is nuts. It was written, the Bible was written over a period of 1,500 years. Wow, you don't care. I knew this was going to be a tough one to bring home. You're like, 1,500 years, that's no big deal. Okay, what was going on 1,500 years ago? Yeah, you don't know. It was a long time ago. 1,500 years. Okay, so from at least 1,400 B.C. to 100 A.D., the Bible was being written. Okay, that's, that's, that's crazy when you think about the cohesiveness, Right? It's crazy uh, when, you, when, you, when you talk about the Bible being composed of how many books? Oh, there we go. 66. 66 different books. And these books were written by about 40 different authors. Okay? It wasn't the never-ending trilogy. Okay? It, it, it literally, I feel like Star Wars is headed in that direction. Um, like 40 of them. But uh, the, these books, they're, they're written by 40 different authors. It was composed in three different languages. You have Hebrew, you have Greek uh, in parts, and then there's some Aramaic, and it contains hundreds of different topics, right? It's not just all one thing. And it was written in a variety of different literary styles, history, poetry, allegory, apocalyptic, parable, all these things. It was written by authors as I alluded to before, from all different backgrounds. So it wasn't just a whole bunch of writers that are like this, getting together, passing it on to their kids. No, it's like all across the board, different people, different backgrounds, different uh, stories. Um, and, 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 and yet, in spite of all of that diversity, it reveals an astounding cohesiveness, an astounding unity. And it's literally one drama from Genesis to Revelation, and it has one central theme, Jesus. In the Old Testament, it was the anticipation of Jesus, looking for Jesus, and then in the New Testament, it's the realization of Jesus. And we see this one main message, right? It's humanity's sin problem. And then the solution being salvation through Jesus. And that's literally 1,500 years. 40-some writers, 66 books, pointing and painting the same picture. And what's crazy as well is during those 1500 years, like the Bible makes these supernatural predictions. Okay. Uh, like, like it, 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 like just Jesus alone, there's nearly 300 predictions about Jesus before Jesus was there. Not only before he was there, but I mean, literally, uh, even critics of Jesus agree uh, that the latest of these came 200 years before he arrived. Can you imagine predicting something 200 years from now? Yeah, good luck with that. You know, when I was in sixth grade, guess what? They said we would be in flying cars by the year 2000. Guess what? We're not. It's 2020. Is it 2021? Yeah, man, I need. 
Oh my goodness, you guys, I made a mistake today. I'm not gonna talk about it. Whoo, I literally operated all day like it was 2020. <laughs> wow, those documents are gonna need to be resigned. Okay, anyway, so <laughs> they're like, this dude's lost it. Um, <laughs> anyway, sixth grade was wrong, whoever she was. I don't remember her name, uh, but she was wrong. And, uh, you know, we, we passed 21 years ago, uh, 2000. And, and so anyway, we're not flying in cars. So imagine these things are literally predicted about Jesus, prophesied about Jesus, 200 years, many hundreds of years before that, before he comes. And every one has come to pass as predicted. And they are often very clear and very specific. Okay, that's crazy. A lot of times I'll, I'll bring people to that. I say, look at this. This is nuts. This is hundreds of years before he's here. This is what they say. This is what he did. Like, what do you do with that? They're like, man, I don't know. That's pretty crazy. I'm like, yeah, what do you do with it? Okay, guys, you know, I know religions that have literally made up historical places. Guys, when you talk about the history of the Bible, you can right now get on a plane and fly to Israel. You can fly... Uh, <laughs> around Europe, you can go to places that you're reading about. Like you can go to them. Like the, the very places that are being described in here, they're undigging them up. They're undigging them. Like they're finding them. I literally just read in like, um, I think it was Newsweek, had a headline of, are these new archeological digs that they're finding, is it actually proving the Bible that it's true? Now, Newsweek isn't like, Christianity today, okay? Like Newsweek has no interest in like, ah, oh, go Jesus. Like, no, that's not Newsweek, okay? And here they are being confronted with what? Factual evidence that's being dug up. You can't just like, like you can't go, I don't, that's not real. They're like, ah, uh, it's right here. Like it's right here, Okay. It's like if Ryan said, I can dunk a basketball. And I'm like, no, you can't, Ryan. And a 10-foot hoop's right there, and he runs up and goes, bam. And he goes, what? And I'll go, shoot, you can dunk a basketball, right? Um, he proved it. And so they're, they're literally digging up stuff, and people are like, ah, no, no, ah, ah. And and so that's happening. And then, I, man, I was just reading this crazy, because like, here's the thing. Technology and I have a love-hate thing. Very love-hate. It's extreme. There's no middle ground. And like, I love it one sense. And I'm like, man, God, you're so good with this. And then I'm like, this is so against God. Um, but through technology, they literally think, and I've heard this before, but I, man, I'm a believer. They think they found literally Noah's Ark. I know. And, and they literally have like, because of technology and, and, and literally, and, and there's people that don't even believe in God that are like talking about this. And I'm listening to them. And, and, and they're talking about this new technology that, that, that they've identified. And I'm just like, there's so much happening right now that it's starting to become like, if you want to not believe in it, you got to really try hard. Like, you almost got to be like, I'm, uh, no, <laughs> okay. But, but you guys, when you think about it, like, here's the thing also. If I was building a religion, I would do everything I could to convince you 
to believe in it, right? I would hide the flaws and I would reveal only the good. Okay, um, and, and, and like that's what like, like when you think about uh, people and, and meeting people, you try to highlight the good and, and connect over the good. You don't bring up all of uh, the bad. And, and, and yet when we, when we look at the Bible, you guys, it isn't written by biased people who already had believed. Guys, it's written by people that were against it. One of the main figures in the New Testament is a guy named Paul who was against Jesus, against Jesus followers. And here's the other thing about the Bible, you guys. It doesn't hide people's flaws. I love that. It literally talks about not only the good, not only the miraculous, but it also reveals the major flaws and failures of the very people who wrote it. Now, why would it do that? Okay, because it is truth. It doesn't hide. It doesn't manipulate. It is truth. It was written by many who were skeptics. Many events in the Bible are witnessed and told by not just Christians, but secular writers and historians, people that didn't believe. Josephus was a famous Jewish historian. He talks specifically about Jesus. He talks specifically about John the Baptist. Tacitus, Roman's most important first century historian, he talks about the rise of Christianity and specifically about Jesus's crucifixion by Pontius Pilate. He talks about it. He talks about this unexplainable rise after this happened. Okay, now these aren't people that wrote the Bible. They, they literally write how these people were willing to die for what they saw. You guys, when you think about stuff that was written down, literally, like, about Jesus a couple years after his ascension, like, like most biographies, when you talk about ancient biographies, the stuff that literally would go into the library over here and we'd open up and be like, oh, this is so great, you know, like, like they're written hundreds of years later. But, like, literally, when you read the New Testament, Paul and Peter, they're preaching to people groups. And as they're um, preaching, and they're, they're saying words like, you were there. Like, you were there. They're not saying, hey, I want you to go back with me in time, 100 years ago, 200 years ago. They're saying, literally, you were there. And the people that were there, that are still alive, that are listening to them, they are doing what in response to them saying that? They're actually receiving salvation. So you know what they weren't saying? They weren't saying, we weren't there. What are you talking about? They're owning it. We were there. Guys, the Bible is the only book that claims to be and proves to be the word of God. It's the only one. And here's the reality with this. As I unpack this, um, with people, as I've just kind of unpacked from a really, I don't know how many thousand foot level with you guys. It always comes back to, though, this. What are you going to do with Jesus? Like, what are you going to do with Jesus? Because what I find is, for a lot of us, we so badly don't want to believe 
that will just look for something or, um, or will make it about all these other things and not realize that this all rests on what are you going to do with Jesus. And here's the thing. If you're going to say, I think Jesus was good, I think he was, um, you know, said good things and all of that. You need to know that, like, it doesn't work that way. Jesus claims exclusivity. He says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. So he didn't claim to be just a good person. He didn't claim to be, like, all right. Uh, no, he was very direct. And he said, the truth is only through me. And so, and so there's no way, there's literally no way for you to say, I'm going to go all in with Jesus, but I'm not going to believe in his word. And so what you have to find out is for you, and I want to address some of you that say I'm a Jesus follower. Is there a disconnect in your life between God's word and what you say and who you say you follow? Is there a disconnect? Okay, you got to ask that. Because for some of us, there, there is. Right? You're, you're, you're saying this, but you're over here, and, and they're not together. Okay? Um, all of Scripture points to Jesus. It does. And, and, and so there can't be uh, this disconnect. And, and so I, I find that a lot of times um, we want to believe in Jesus, but we allow, when it comes to the Bible, we allow things we can't fully understand, we can't fully comprehend. And you guys, here's the reality. A lot of you are holding on to things in the Bible that were written literally like, like, I mean, you think about what were the time periods I just mentioned? Like, we're talking like thousands of years ago and, and, and then to, to 100 AD, and we're talking different people from different backgrounds writing in a way that, that reflects that through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, and they're describing things, and, 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 and culture was totally different then, and you're going to read one thing that was written in that context to that culture, and you're going to pull that out and make a judgment on the whole Bible from that? And people do that. And, and not just people that don't want to believe. Guess what? People that say, I'm a Jesus follower, do the same thing. Guys, I don't know how many people in the last three weeks have sent me verses that other people are using to justify different hot-button cultural positions right now. And they're taking verses and they're pulling them out of a specific setting. That's why I talked to you guys about there are writers, there is languages, there's Hebrew, there's Greek, there's Aramaic, and you guys, the original uh, words and that and how they're translated and who this, the setting, who is this being spoken to, who is the one writing it, what is their, their motive for that? If you don't take time to understand that, but you take time to pull things out and abuse them on other people, throw them on other people, like push this cultural narrative because you found this verse that sounds a certain way, guys, that is just off. And it's not truth. Like, that's not truth. And so some of us are, man, I need a real Bible up here because I keep wanting to pull the iPad up. Guys, some of us are making decisions right now and we're saying it's God's word, it's truth. And it's not. It's not. 
what he's talking about in that and what you're talking about are two totally different things. And so why do I encourage you guys to grow in this? Why do I encourage you to wrestle with your faith? I do that because I'm seeing so many people fall into lies while saying they are living off of truth. And it is literally, um, uh, you know, I call it a discipleship pandemic. (laughs) We are in a discipleship pandemic. And what I mean by that is this. Discipleship is learning how to follow Jesus. It's learning how to read God's word. It's learning how to respond to it. It's learning the context of it. And what we have is so many people that don't want to go through that process. They just want to pick and choose what they want. They want an Instagram relationship with Jesus. And so they want the highlights. They want the verses that are going to work for this or for that argument or that are going to win this one uh, or that are going to like make me appear this way. And that's what I want. I want the YouTube highlight version of the sermon. I don't want to listen to the whole sermon. Uh, Steve, you said this. That's all I like. The rest of it, but I like that. And I'm gonna take it and, and, and it's God's word and it's truth and I'm gonna base my life off of that and all these decisions. I'm gonna project that on other people and I'm gonna say it's God's word, it's truth. And in reality, what you're doing is hijacking God's truth. And sorry to go off on you Christians. I mean, I'm a Christian. But that's what's happening. That's what's happening. And so this is an important thing. And it's not just important. Like, like when I was writing this, I was like, I was thinking about like, man, you know, like I don't want you to go out of here like, rah, rah. Let's go. Let's carry our torch all throughout campus. Let's hold our Bibles high. And let's just chant truth, 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 truth. <laughs> right? If you're recording this, stop that right now. This could come back to bite me. (laughs) I'm not saying that. There's probably a group doing that right now. (laughs) They beat us to the punch. Um, You guys, I'm not, I'm not saying that, okay? I'm saying that there, there is so much that points to this being true, but you gotta, you've gotta learn it. You gotta unpack it, and, and I just believe it's undeniable based upon the history, based upon the truth, based upon uh, what God has done, based upon the eyewitness accounts, based upon what people are digging up, uh, de- based upon the accuracy of things, uh, based upon people that didn't want anything to do with it that are now believing it because they started studying it, based upon my own experience with it when I was a skeptic, when I was force fed the Bible and I said, I am not gonna believe it. I'm gonna prove you, dad, wrong. Guess what? Joke's on me. Dad came back and got me. Wasn't him though. It was my own studying of scripture that ultimately brought me to the place where I went, I can't. It's true. It's true. But what's always the greatest thing, you guys, when you talk about this, and I mentioned it earlier, is it transforms your life. It transforms your life. Okay? It's not a history book that you go, wow, that's cool. It transforms your life.
to transform your life, you are just full of information. And there is a truth through Jesus that you're missing. It's the truth that, that he's saying, it's through me, it's with me, come to me. Okay, because all of this points to him and your need for him and the freedom that he brings you if you'll enter into that relationship. So don't miss the point of it, okay? Don't just make it about the chanting of truth, okay? It points to Jesus.